before we dive into today's episode, I have a really big announcement regarding the giveaway if you have pre-ordered or you plan on pre-ordering the Dad Tired book. So before we dive into today's episode, if you're someone that normally skips, don't skip this introduction because I have a big announcement regarding a giveaway. All right. Well, welcome to the Dad Tired Podcast. So glad that you stumbled upon the show today. If you're brand new, welcome. Uh, we're a bunch of guys who are trying to figure out what it looks like for us to personally fall in love with Jesus and to help our families do the same. We're trying to be the spiritual leaders of our home. We don't have that all figured out, but we are stumbling our way toward that together. We'd love to have you come be part of that group with us and stumble your way with us. Um, you can do that by going to dadtire.com, click the community tab. It will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. We've got thousands of guys from all over the world who are trying to take this stuff seriously. Um, so again, we'd love to have you be part of that. Go to dadtire.com, click the community tab. It will link you over to that group. It's a Facebook group. You don't have to have Facebook. A lot of guys set up a profile on Facebook just to be part of this group and interact with other like-minded men. So again, go to dadtire.com, click the community tab. Um, all right, let's get into this huge announcement. For the last couple of weeks, I've been telling you if you purchase, if you pre-order the Dad Tired book, um, that I will find something to give away. I was, I didn't know what it was going to be. <laughs> uh, I thought, you know, a refund on your book so you can get a free book. I thought maybe a nice fancy dinner for you and your wife to go out and enjoy a date night. I've even thought as big as like, uh, you know, maybe I'll fly out to a certain city uh, wherever you live, the winner lives, and we'll do some kind of big dinner together with you and your friends and we'll hang out and just we'll do whatever. Um all of that was great, um, but I actually met with my publishers this week, and we had talked about what we could do as a giveaway, and they had the idea of giving away two free tickets to the Dad Tired Cruise, which is absolutely insane. Uh, much, much bigger <laughs> uh, than I was thinking. This is like the biggest giveaway by far that we've ever done for Dad Tired. So uh, if you've been wanting to go on the Dad Tired Cruise March 2020, but finances are an issue this is your chance to come with your wife for free. This is insane. So you can pre-order the book anywhere where books are sold, um, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. Uh, you can get it directly from Harvest House. You can get it at christianbook.com, wherever. Go to dadtire.com forward slash pre-order. Uh, you can find a place where you want to pre-order. And then once you do that, once you've actually placed your order, we're going to ask you just for your name, your email address, so we can get a hold of you if you win, and then your confirmation or your order number, okay? Uh, a couple caveats here, a couple like small print details. Number one, uh, we can't get your flight, so you got to figure out a way to get there. If Once you get to Florida, um, you'll get on the ship with us. We'll take care of the rest. All your food on the ship is covered. All the shows and entertainment are covered. Um, it doesn't cover alcohol, so if you want to have a little drinky drinks with your wife, <laughs> You'd have to uh, cover that on your own, but the ship is all inclusive um, outside of alcohol. And that's like you and your wife, you're covered. We got you a room. You can come, you can enjoy. We're going through the Caribbean to Cozumel, Mexico. It's going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be really, really nice. Again, we're going give, to give away you and your wife free tickets. That's all covered, but you have to get there. So um, you got to figure out flights or driving or whatever to do that. Uh, and unfortunately, this only applies to U.S. residents. 
uh, which is a super big bummer. I know some of you have already reached out to me and asked if this uh, applies to people in Canada or in Europe. Uh, even had somebody talk in Australia. I'm so sorry. I wish we could cover, um, but just because of legalities, we're not able to open it up outside of the U.S. Unfortunately, really, really sorry about that. Um, we'll have to figure out some other giveaway for that. Uh, for our international brothers and sisters who are listening. Um, so that's the small details. U.S. only, got to figure out your own flights. Other than that, you get on the ship and we will take care of the rest. You're going to have an amazing time. I'm so looking forward to the winner, you and your spouse hanging out with you. Again, the way that you enter this contest uh, is to go to dadtire.com forward slash pre-order. We'll put a link in the show notes. You can pre-order wherever you want to buy your book and then just give us your order number and we will email you. The contest ends uh, when the book releases on September 3rd. So we're actually going to close it the day before, September 2nd. All right, so dadtire.com forward slash pre-order. This is a huge, huge giveaway. Please, so listen, last thing on this. Uh, I've had a bunch of you guys reaching out to me and DMing me on all this stuff. Um, this is like the best chance you're ever going to have to win a huge contest. Uh, Dad Tired is, you know, we we reach uh, an audience, but we're not like massive. You're not like competing with millions of people here or even hundreds of thousands of people. You're competing with probably a couple thousand people at most. Um, so like if you've ever wanted to win something and win something big, like this is your chance. And bonus points, you even if you don't win, you still get a copy of the Dad Tired book, which is a win in itself because it's going to help you become a better spiritual leader in your home. All right. Today's episode, we are talking to the one and only Tony Dungy, NFL coach, who, uh, if you follow sports at all, just one of the most loved, beloved guys in all of sports, an amazing man of God. He has accomplished a ton in his career. He, uh, Anyway, I won't give away all the details of the uh, interview, but I promise you're going to like it. He's got a ton of wisdom to share for us young dads. So without further ado, here is Tony Dungy. Tony, I'm so grateful uh, that you're spending some time with us today. Uh, for maybe the one guy who's never heard of you, who's listening to this podcast, uh, tell us what you're up to these days. What do you? Who are you, and what you? What are you doing? Well, Jared, thank you. It's great to be with you. Uh, I am a retired NFL football coach. I coached for 28 years in the National Football League. I actually played for three years before that uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, coached for 28. Uh, assistant coach for 15 and then head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for six years and the Indianapolis Colts for seven. I've been retired now for 11 years and I am uh, currently a, a broadcaster for NBC Sunday Night Football and uh, enjoying life, family life. We have uh, 10 children, my wife and I, and um, we are just uh, kind of enjoying that retired life right now. That's awesome, man. Uh, I feel like we have to immediately go to the 10 children thing because you don't hear that every day. <laughs> uh, tell us about that. Tell, us, tell me about your kids. Well, we um, had three older children um, that um, were you know, a tremendous blessing to us. And then when we got to Tampa, Florida, one of my assistant coaches with the Buccaneers was interested in adopting and we kind of looked at him and helped him through the process, wrote some recommendations. And my wife said, you know, our kids are a little bit older. I think our youngest child was eight at the time. And she said, you know, we could help some people, too. So we kind of looked into the process and 
uh, four became five, became six, became seven, <laughs> and we just kept going uh, with that process. So now we have uh, seven kids in the house between uh, our oldest one at home is 18 and our youngest one is almost four now. Uh, so wow. we adopted seven children kind of right in a row there. That's amazing, man. What, what, what was your heartbeat behind that? Well, uh, it, it really, when we uh, talked to this lady at Heart of Adoptions in Tampa, who was helping my, my assistant coach, uh, my friend, uh, she told us about this backlog that they had of African-American babies waiting to yeah. be adopted. And they needed African-American parents. And it surprised me because you hear about, you know, adoptions taking two and three years or people, you know, having to go overseas. And she said, no, no, we've got a lot of a big backlog of kids. And uh, my wife, Lauren, and I had always been pro-life. We've done a lot of things to talk about uh uh, encourage women not to have abortions. Lauren worked at um, some crisis pregnancy centers and that type of thing. And so then we're saying, well, if that's the case and, and we're doing so much to encourage women uh, to go through with their pregnancies, you mean to tell me if they do, there there's a shortage of people waiting to, to help out with the, the kids that are born. And that just didn't seem right. So yeah. we... Um, kind of investigated it, looked into it. Uh, we ended up adopting a, a little boy in 2000 named Jordan, and he ended up having a, a serious health condition. We, we got him when he was one day old, mm. and we found out that he had congenital insensitivity to pain. It's a real rare uh, neurological mm. disease, and um, we, we had to go through a lot to, to kind of help him out and get it diagnosed. We ended up going to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, and um, we, we did figure it out. And he's flourishing. He's 18 years old now, just graduated from uh, high school. He wants to God. be a chef. Yeah. Uh, but we found out at, th at that point, you know, God brought him specifically to us. Uh, I was working in the NFL. We had access to some of the best doctors in the country. Uh, we had tremendous insurance. Um, and so it was just perfect uh, because the, the care that he needed, we were able to provide and so it occurred to us that wasn't an accident. It wasn't uh, just a chance occurrence. God had really designed for Jordan to be with us. And so that that kind of piqued our interest, too. And, and we ended up my wife has a great heart for kids. So we ended up doing seven more or six more wow. of them. Yeah. Wow. How long have we been married, man? We've been married 37 years now. Jeez. Yeah, so what have you learned in 37 are, years? Oh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> uh, I've learned that marriage is, is difficult uh, if you don't have Christ in the center where, where both husband and wife are, are looking to Christ for your guidance. Uh, yeah. It is really, really tough. But because of that and, and because of the bond that my wife and I have uh, in Christ, uh, we've, we've been able to not just persevere, but flourish. Um, I learned that God does give you that partner to help you out. Um, Lauren was a tremendous part of my career, uh, but also part of, of raising this family and, and doing it together. I, I really have a lot of admiration now for single moms and single dads who do it yeah. by themselves because it's a it's a two-person job without question and, and god will give you the grace if if he has to to do it alone but uh, i can't imagine walking through our journey uh with our kids by myself yeah coach you're like you're one of the most liked guys in all of sports i mean i i, I had mentioned it to a few people that 
I'd be talking to you today and just all the smiles, everybody talking about. I, I mean, I love you. I've always been a big fan of who you are just as a man and obviously as a coach. But uh, I told my mom last night that I'd be talking to you this morning and she about lost it. She was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've had all kinds of guests, but this is, you're definitely the most favorite guest I've ever had in her opinion. Well, I've had a <laughs> tremendous favor from the Lord, I guess. I've worked in some great organizations and, and for some great people. I worked in Pittsburgh and uh, Indianapolis and Kansas City, some tremendous owners in Tampa, uh, mm-hmm. and had a great platform. Um, but I, I think it's still just God's favor and giving you that that blessing that that people kind of hear your heart and they understand who you are, and and it's it's been awesome. Yeah. What? Tell me about your childhood. What were your parents like growing up? You know what? I was really, really blessed. I grew up in a little small town in Michigan, a little small automotive town, Jackson, Michigan, about 50,000 people. Hmm. Um, most of the boys that I grew up around, they, they grew up in the auto industry hmm. or their parents were in the auto industry doing something. Uh, my parents were teachers and it was a real, real blessing. Uh, they were great people and great teachers and always had a heart for kids. But more than that, uh, when I was home on the weekends and in the summers, they were home. And I thought that was normal. I thought your dad was always around when (laughs) when you were home and your mom was always around. And then when I later on, I, I, you know, grew up, got to high school, got to college and found out that everybody wasn't like that. that, You know, people had parents who worked and different things. But we did so many family things together. Uh, my mom was actually the athlete. She was a great basketball player and track wow. athlete. My dad liked uh, cross country and, and running and individual sports and boxing. Uh, but they were both educators. They, they taught you uh, all the time. But, um, you know, I got introduced to athletics early. I was fortunate that uh, I got introduced to Christ early Uh, and I had this small town atmosphere where everybody kind of looked after everybody else. So I I had hundreds of people who kind of poured into my life. Uh, So, you know, I wouldn't have traded it for anything growing up in that little small town environment and with, with some great parents. Yeah. So they were, they were followers of Jesus. Yeah. My, my grandfather, my dad's father was actually a minister and two of my uncles, two of his brothers were, were pastors. And my mom taught the Sunday school. So I, she would actually practice her lessons on us. We had, (laughs) I had three brothers and sisters. She would practice on us on Thursday nights. And so I'd hear all the stories and, you know, what does this, what does this make you think of? And, uh, and then, you know, we'd hear them again on Sunday but being around it was was great for me. So very young age, I, I had accepted Christ, but I really didn't know what that meant. I knew you were supposed to listen to your parents and do what's right. Uh, but I was like a lot of boys. When I got to about 10 years old, I got focused on sports and I, I really love sports. Uh, of course, my parents being teachers, they made sure that academically we were doing the right things. So yeah. my life probably between eight and 20 was really focused in on being the best athlete I could be and the best student I could be. Uh, I, I knew it was right to honor your parents and, and do the things that they taught you. So I didn't do crazy stuff or go off the deep end. But uh, especially when I was in college, people would have said, well, that that's a nice person. That's a good guy. They wouldn't have necessarily said that that's a Christian hmm. um, because I, I wasn't growing. I wasn't uh, I didn't have Christ in first place. Uh, but the Lord was looking out for me. I went to the University of Minnesota, had a good career, 
but I didn't get drafted into the NFL. That was my dream and my hope. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up signing a free agent contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, it was just God looking out for me because I got to Pittsburgh and uh, two, two great things happened to me there. Number one, I ended up playing for Chuck Noll, who was mm. just uh, not only a tremendous coach and a four-time Super Bowl winner, but he had a, an understanding of life and the game of football. I, I remember our very first meeting. Um, they had won two Super Bowls already by the time I got there. And in the first meeting, I'm thinking he's going to tell us what we need to do to be on the team and to win more Super Bowls. And the first thing he said was, welcome to the National Football League. You're now getting paid to play football. So that makes it your profession. Treat it as such and work hard at it. But don't make football your life. Hmm. If you make football your entire life, you'll be making a big mistake. You're going to leave the game disappointed. Hmm. We've got to show you what your life's work is, how you're going to get fulfillment outside the game and that was so different from any coach that I, yeah. I had been around it was it was awesome well then the second thing that happened to me i was changing positions i was a quarterback all my life and they were switching me to defense so coach noel put me in a room with a, a player by the name of donnie shell and again it was just the lord looking out for me and, and tracking my life because donnie was the most fired up uh, on fire Christian athlete I'd ever been around. <laughs> That's awesome. And so now I'm in this room in the dorm uh, at training camp with this guy who the first thing he says is, you know, hey, are you coming to chapel? Are you coming to Bible study tonight? Here's what we're looking at. What are you reading in the Bible? Wow. And I'm like, I'm not reading anything. I'm trying to read my playbook and <laughs> right. figure out what right. I'm supposed to do to be on the team. Right. So, oh, don't worry about that. We'll get to that. But you've got to come to Bible study tonight. And I found out there were about 15, 18 guys on the team who were like that. And they were at the top of their profession. But they had this bond with Christ. Everything they did, uh, they lived it out not only off the field, but even on the field at practice and, and everything. And so that's when I really started growing as a Christian, as the 21 year old rookie in the National Football League. Mm. And I learned that uh, your faith couldn't be just part time. It couldn't be just accepting Christ and going on about your life. Um, those guys showed me how to make Christ the Lord of your life and to do uh, everything. Uh, whether it's playing football or whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And it was a, it was tremendous for me. Yeah. sounds like God was chasing you down. He, he, <laughs> he was, he was, he, you know, I had accepted him as a little boy and kind of put him on the back burner. And, um, at that point in life, that that's when he, he got me and showed me this, this is what I want you to do. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is, you know, in hindsight, now you look at your life, you know, even from an outside perspective, it seems like you're playing that role for a lot of younger guys. That became my, my mission to show people just like coach Noel showed me, uh, you can't just pour everything into your sport, into football. Um, you can't pour everything into your job. You have got to honor Christ first, and if you do, uh, you'll be in good shape. When when I started going to those Bible studies, uh, our chaplain, one of the first verses he talked about was 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul says, well, you know, in a race, everybody runs, but only one uh, runner gets first prize, so run to win. And that, that was exciting to me to hear, you know, that yeah. God does want us to be excellent and to right. run to win. Right. But then Paul goes on to say, make sure you're running the right race. 
don't just run in this race that worldly race and you're going to get a prize that's going to fade away you better make sure you're winning the spiritual race and get first place in that that's right and man i i heard that and it just lifted me in a lot of ways i saw where these guys were in terms of their football hey it's our job to be excellent to be the best we can every single day practice game preseason game super bowl it doesn't matter we're playing the same way because that's what god wants but then saying, hey, we've got to be excellent parents. We've got to be excellent husbands. We've got to be excellent uh, ambassadors for the Lord. Everything we do has to be on that level, especially spiritually. And and that that's when my life really changed. And I wanted to try to pass that on to other people. Uh, one of my mom's favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew 16, 26. And she said it to us over and over and over while I was growing up. Mm. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but forfeit your soul? And, uh, you know, I heard that so many times growing up. Then when I got to the National Football League, I saw it. I saw guys get everything that you could get from a worldly standpoint, notoriety, fame, money, Super Bowl rings, uh, but be a mess spiritually and and have their lives spiral out of control. And I just didn't want that for the players that I coached uh, once I, I got into the coaching profession. Yeah. We've got a lot of young dads listening to this uh, show. I think for a lot of us, my peers, you know, I'm a young dad, I'm a young husband, and mm, you know, yes. just trying to figure out there's, there is so much of that, especially in this season, late 20s, early 30s, where we're really, we're trying to man up you know we're trying to figure out what it looks like to be a man and be a good husband and good be a fa- good be a good father and really provide for our family and and i think for many of us especially millennials we're like constantly hoping that there's something around the next corner you know that we're finally going to get ourselves established so even just hearing you say that as a young dad it's impactful for me to like you can gain all of that who cares but at the end of the day if you're not if you're not seeking after jesus and you're being a good husband and father like you know who cares yeah, I think the world has tricked us into thinking that being a good dad is, boy, I've got to take care of my wife and love her, yes, but I've got to provide for my family. If I do that, then I'm a good dad. Yeah. If, if my kids have bicycles, if they have good schools, if if they have all the things they need in life to succeed, then then I've been a good dad. And that's a, only a fraction of it. That's a small part. Of course, you want to provide that. But if you don't build into them spiritually— if you don't uh, help them grow as people, then you're, you're, you're not, you know, we've, we've bought into the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I think back, my dad's been, passed away in 2004. Mm. And I, as I think back now and remember all the good times I had with him, it wasn't big trips or when he bought me a new bicycle or and it, it was, you know, going to ball games and taking a walk with him and playing catch in the park and going and watching, uh, going to his um, classroom and looking at his microscopes and him mm. just spending time with me. And, um, you know, that, that we, we sometimes lose that, that, that we've got to do something special. And it's the little things and showing our kids Christ uh, that's going to, those are going to be the things we're going to remember. Yeah. What, would you have anything to say to the guy who's like, you know, there's actually a lot of good dads out there. Um, but 
a lot of engaged dads out there. When I go to the park, I see a lot of guys my age sliding down the slide with their kids and really trying to yeah. engage them as much as they can. But uh, I still, I think there are a lot of guys who just feel stuck when it comes to trying to point their family towards Jesus. They're like, I can play with my kids, I can throw a ball, but I don't know how to like tell them about God. I don't know how to lead them towards Jesus. <laughs> that feels so intimidating. Yeah, no, and the first thing, yeah, really is just our relationship and making sure that we're on the right page with the Lord. Yeah. And then if we do that, it's just a matter of showing the kids that, hey, I'm engaged. Church is important to me. My, my Bible reading time is important. Uh, doing what God says is important. And, you know, that's the way to point it out. Hey, watch me. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to do the right things and I'm trying to be engaged with the Lord. And it's important to me. If you can just show your kids that uh, a relationship with Christ is valuable to you and meaningful to you, they're going to pick up the things they need mm, from that. That's so good, man. Uh, I've been reading your books all week uh, to my kids. They love them. Mm. Uh, I, I have one sitting right next to me. We chose you about adoption, yeah. family, and forever love. That's such a good book. But we've been reading all, the whole series of books. Tell us about that. Yeah, I I got asked after we won the Super Bowl to do a, a book, uh, and I, I wrote a kind of an autobiography called Quiet Strength. Uh, the first time I ever thought about even writing. Uh, and that became a, a bestseller and uh, got a lot of accolades from that, which was gratifying that, that people found that that helped them. But then uh, a company came and asked us about writing children's books. And my wife, Lauren, one of the projects that they did when, when I was coaching, uh, her wives group used to go out and read to uh, s- schools in our neighborhoods mm. around the stadium. And they would read to first and second graders and donate books and talk to them about learning and growing academically. And it was an awesome program. But my wife said there weren't a lot of books for them to read that, number one, were good and entertaining, but had a message. And then there weren't a lot of books with diversity, with with diverse characters right. where you'd see uh, African-American, Hispanic boys, girls, young, old. And so, gosh, trying to find books that had diversity, that had a good message and were well done. And so we said, well, maybe we can write a couple. Uh, that way you'll have something to take around and, and show the kids and, and to read. So that was really the idea behind the first project. And we did one called um, You Can Do It, which was about uh, trying to find your purpose in life. And then you can be a friend uh, was the second one we did that was uh, a, a girl moved in who had a disability. Mm. And uh, our daughter didn't want to be friends with her because she thought she wouldn't be any fun. Mm. And so we talked about reaching out to everyone because that's what God would want us to do. And so those were the first two. And uh, since then, we've done 10 more. Uh, and so we've, we've got 12 children's books out. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, with just these messages about honesty and friendship and uh, listening to your parents and sharing. Uh, each one kind of has a uh, theme behind it. And it's been pretty awesome to to do and to see and to be able to give kids these books. Yeah, we've been uh, we've got a whole stack of them right now on our uh, dining room table. And my, my kids have been reading them all day, every day. So yeah, just subjectively, oh, I'll great. tell you, they're they're great. They're, I've got an eight and six-year-old who are reading. I've got a seven-month-old as well. But um, yeah, but my older kids are reading them every day and they're loving them. So you did, you guys did a great job. Oh, on them. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, My listeners will be upset with me if I don't ask you some football questions. Okay. (laughs) They they love the Jesus stuff for sure. That's why they come here. But give us some football highlights, man, just in your career. What what are some things that stick out to you as just the, you know, when you're looking back on the legacy you left? Well, I got to Pittsburgh, got to the Steelers in 1977 and um, miraculously made the team. became a part of a Super Bowl winning team in 1978. We won Super Bowl 13, and that was the highlight of my playing career. Yeah. Uh, just an awesome time to be part of a, a championship team. Well, then two years later, I was actually done playing, which is the, the story for most people. Uh, it's not long, glamorous, glorious careers. Mine was three years. And then Coach Noel asked me if I wanted to join the coaching staff. So at 25, I, I became part of the Steelers coaching staff, uh, had a 15-year career as an assistant. And then in 1996, I got the head coaching job of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had had 13 straight losing seasons, and everyone told me not to go there. <laughs> it was a bad situation. The Bucks would never win. They were terrible. Uh, it was bad ownership, everybody, all the negatives. Yeah. Uh, but I just felt like the Lord was directing me there. And uh, that my second year, we made the playoffs, first time in 15 years, and uh, had had a wonderful time there. I actually got fired by the Bucks because we became a playoff caliber team, but we never won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. And uh, the owners felt like they needed someone to take them to the next step, the next level. So I got fired in 2001. In 2002, I went to Indianapolis and uh, joined up with a gentleman by the name of Peyton Manning there. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was pretty fortunate for me. Uh, We ended up having seven very, very good and fun years in Indianapolis. And we won Super Bowl 41, uh, where we beat the Chicago Bears. And that was probably the highlight of my coaching career in 2006. Um, And I, I enjoyed the National Football League. I was 31 years as a player and coach. Had some great uh, opportunities, some great fun times, but learned a lot. And um, I tell you, our our chapel programs uh, were tremendous. I I grew spiritually. And then when I was a head coach, especially, uh, it was really my goal to be like Coach Noel and show guys how to play the game, but also uh, get across to them. Don't put everything in the sports basket prepare yourself for life after football and uh, do things to give back to the community and be part of it. And had so many guys that did that. Uh, I think I had five players in my 13 years that won the uh, NFL man of the year award wow. uh, for, for off field contributions. Wow. And that, that was gratifying. So um, uh, we live in the Tampa Bay area still now and, and have guys who are, are still there living who've done some tremendous things uh Derek brooks is a hall of fame linebacker but he's started a charter school uh in 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 tampa that's uh, been awesome uh warwick dunn was one of our other great players uh he started a program called homes for the holidays where they uh purchase homes for single moms wow. and i think he's put over 150 single moms wow. into houses of their own um so that just you know kind of confirmed to me what coach Noel said don't don't make football your whole life and we had so many guys who are doing that i love that when i asked you a football question you still brought it back to off the field that just says so much about who you are man i love that i, I actually heard uh, a rumor that you had considered stepping down from the nfl to do prison ministry 
Is that true? I did. When I got fired by the mm. Bucks, um, I had started uh, going visiting prisons with a, a pastor in Tampa who was just an awesome man, Abe, Abe Brown. And I really, really enjoyed that and did some gratifying things there. So I started thinking maybe the Lord, this is his plan uh, that I got to Tampa to be involved in this this ministry. So I just prayed, you know, show me uh, if I'm supposed to stay here in Tampa and get out of football or do you have someplace else to go? Well, uh, about two days later, uh, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts called me and he said, I really want you to come coach our team because uh, we need to do a better job of connecting with our fans. And he talked about winning and he wanted to win a Super Bowl. But he said, you know, we just moved here to Indianapolis. We don't have a long history. We don't have 80 years of background. We have a lot of people that aren't Colts fans. And, and I just think you would be the right person to help us connect better with our community. And that just seemed like God confirming mm. to me that that was the place to go. So I ended up taking that job. Uh, we had seven playoff seasons, um, you know, had a wonderful time on the field, won a Super Bowl. But a lot of those same type of stories, uh, people in the Indianapolis area doing some outstanding things, our players and outreach. And uh, it was just an awesome time. Yeah. Well, he obviously had a lot of wisdom and maybe even a gift of prophecy because <laughs> that uh, that worked out. You did it. You did a good job at the yeah. end accomplishing that task of bringing fans in and changing a community. I'm sure. Uh, any last words, Coach, for the young dad listening to this? He's just you know he's putting in the hours every week. He's doing what he can to be the best husband, father, and chase after Jesus, but feels tired. Any any last words for that? I think we're all in that. We're all part of that. Um, And and one thing I could recommend, um, we ended up uh, when I was a young coach with the Buccaneers going to a place called All Pro Mm -hmm. Dad uh, in Tampa. And we were saying the same thing. Gosh, our parents, my my dad was at every event I had. My dad never missed a game. He never missed uh, any of my kids, my siblings performances. We're not doing half the stuff that we should be doing. How can we be better at it? And uh, we went and visited there, and the the president of the organization said, hey, you guys aren't rare. There's a lot of dads that feel like that. Here's some things that you can do to be uh, better, to be more engaged, and to help out. So there's a website, allprodad.com. If you go there, uh, it'll give you some encouragement and some ways to connect with your kids spiritually, a way to just ways to just engage better and uh, know that you're not alone. Everybody goes through the same thing. But if you do end up uh, just being dedicated to that and saying, yeah, I'm going to provide for my kids physically. I'm going to provide for them financially. But more than more importantly, I'm going to provide for them spiritually. If you do that, you won't regret yeah. it. Coach, thank you for taking the time. I know you're gearing up to hey, get back Jared, into yes. the season, so I know you're busy. But thank you so much. It, it meant the world to me. Great to be with you. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to thank share. You. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Man, uh, Tony is just such a class act, man. Hall of Famer coach. Uh, but even more than that, you can just tell the guy loves, even more than football, he loves just people he loves the Lord. I It was really an honor to be able to talk to him. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I just wanted to say before we close out this episode that I uh, just want to remind you guys that Dad Tired is a nonprofit ministry. So we are really, really dependent on your support. Uh, if you believe in what we're doing to try to equip guys to be the spiritual leaders of their homes, um, we would love for you to partner with us in just reaching more and more guys. 
Uh, I want to read to you this letter that I got, or just this quick message that I got from uh, somebody this week. He said, uh, "Just wanted to." He said, "I just want to thank Dad Tired. God is saving His children through this ministry. My family is what it is today because of the Dad Tired book and podcast." So. Um, I get these kind of messages all the time. I'll read more and more of them to you as we go every week. But God really is using in 2019 this podcast and this ministry in our community to help men step up to be the spiritual leaders that God is calling them to be. So we need your help. We need more people to support us so we can keep doing what we're doing. If you want to do that, go to dadtire.com forward slash donate and you can make a tax deductible contribution to the ministry. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye.